You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to All Creatures Podcast. I'm Angie, and today is a very special interview that will hopefully leave you feeling inspired and even more connected to conservation, science, and sharks. I'm so excited to be talking to Carly Jackson, who is a shark and sea turtle scientist and conservationist. Carly is also a founding member of a nonprofit group of women that is making waves in the typically white and male-dominated area of shark science. Carly and her co-founders created the nonprofit MISS, M-I-S-S, which stands for Minorities in Shark Science. The goal at MISS is to promote diversity and inclusion in shark science and encourage gender minorities of color to push through barriers in marine science. For diversity in scientists creates diversity in thought, which then leads to great innovation. This month, as we celebrate our oceans and the people working to understand and conserve the species that inhabit the oceans, I'm just so happy to have Carly on the podcast today. So welcome, Carly. Yay. Hello. Hi, Angie. I'm just so happy that you're here. I've been wanting to do this interview for over a year when I first signed up for your newsletter and learned about your organization. So it's just an honor to have you here and present and talking with us about all things sharks, conservation, diversity. So welcome. Thank you. You know, those are my favorite things to talk about. So I'm always very ready to talk about oceans, sharks, turtles, all that stuff. So I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you. And before we get started, can you give our listeners uh, a little background about yourself? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start. I'm Carly Jackson, and I'm a marine biologist. Um, I started, let's see, I guess I'll do a little bit of background. So I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Um, yes, I am from yes. Michigan. I love yes. that. Go D-Town. Awesome. Yes. What part of Michigan did you grow up in? Well, um, I'm showing you the hand right now. For those mm-hmm. of you that are not from Michigan, this is what us Michiganders do. We do the, the mitten hand. I'm from the southwestern uh, corner, a oh, uh, little town okay. called South Haven. It's near like Kalamazoo okay, yeah. and Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. 
But a lot of my friends are from the Detroit suburbs and the Detroit area. So I'm pretty familiar and I love it there. And I love the zoo and I just love the city. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. It's a beautiful city. Um, But yeah, that's where I grew up. And as you may know, it's very far away from the ocean. (laughs) So I got connected with sharks through um, a book that I read. I was like five or six years old and I read this book on sharks because like I saw it and it just looked really cool to me. And I was like, hey, mom, can you get this for me? And it was cool. She got it. I read it. um, And I was just obsessed. Like, I just was like, wow, like sharks are the best thing. And I want to be a shark scientist. And that stuck with me throughout my whole life. (laughs) From five years old. That's incredible. I was very young. Like, I actually... I have the book right here. I know the people on the podcast can't see it, but I can see it. But yeah, so I saw this. It's just a picture of a great white and a, you know, the title Sharks. And I was like, that looks cool. And literally after I read it, this obsessed. And like I said, it stuck. It made such an impression that it just stuck with me. And I already loved water. Um, I was a swimmer growing up um, and did it all the way through college. So I naturally was just a water child. And the, um, I just love the ocean and I connected to the ocean through books and uh, mostly just books because we didn't really watch a lot of like YouTube um, when I was little, but yeah, just a lot of books and going to the library. But um, yeah. And I said, I don't want to be cold anymore and I want to be <laughs> near the ocean. So I Smart. moved to Florida. Yes, I agree. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I moved to Florida for um, undergrad. I went to Florida Atlantic university uh, to get my bachelor's in uh, biology. And um, yeah, and I've been in Florida ever since. And I eventually went to grad school at Nova Southeastern University. And that's where I really got into um, my shark research and everything. And um, also near the end of grad school is when I uh, founded Miss with the other girls. Um, And yeah, and throughout the whole time, I worked with sea turtles. So that's where the sea turtles kind (laughs) of come into the mix. (laughs) Well, and speaking of sea turtles, Carly, do you want to touch on a little bit of your sea turtle research and what you're doing? Yes. So I, um, I guess I, sea turtles were kind of my foot in the door to marine science. Um, I always tell people like, you might want to do one thing, but you're going to have to do a bunch of other things to, you know, just build your experience and become more well-rounded and really get your foot in the door in the industry. So sea turtles were my foot in the door uh, to marine science. And um, I started working as a marine turtle specialist at this place called Gumbo Limbo. Uh, It's a nature center in Boca Raton. They have like a sea turtle hospital. They're right off the beach um, in uh, Boca Raton. And I was, I got experience doing uh, nesting surveys. So I was on the team that went out on the beach during sea turtle nesting season here in Florida, which is from March to October. And um, we were out every morning before sunrise, marking sea turtle nests, taking different data, um, helping with different research projects. And that was really cool because it's a job that you don't need. They didn't require previous experience. Um, They just required, you know, for you to want to learn. And get (laughs) up really early in the morning, day after day. (laughs) Exactly. And be willing to like, you know, get down and dirty in some sea turtle nests and get really sandy. I had to get used to sand because that was not my thing. But now, you know, it's I'm one with the sand. Unfortunately, my girlfriend, so. yeah, my girlfriend taught me a cool trick with like kids because kids get so sandy is a baby powder 
apps that oh, will actually you know, like I actually you, never tried that. Yeah, wow. if you can't get to like a hose or a shower when you're when it's dryish, right? You want to mm-hmm. wait till it's dry. But then when it's dry, you can just put a little baby powder and the sand will just like brush right off your feet or your legs. And so, I mean, it's not the best as a full on shower, right? But it's uh, a quick fix if you, you know, have to go grab a bite to eat or go, go get in somebody's car or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was about five years ago that I had started when was 2017. Was that five years ago? Yeah. About five years ago. Um, that I started that job and got experience doing that type of research and also helping in the sea turtle hospital that we had there. So I got um, some sea turtle like medical experience, like administering meds, helping taking care of the patients, things like that. And that was really cool. That was one of my, um, well, all of it was my favorite, but that was just, that was the rewarding part of the job, being able to, you know, sea turtles get better over like eight months or so and then be released back out into the ocean. Um, Yeah, so after I finished uh, that job, I actually started my new job at um, as a sea turtle research associate um, for New College of Florida and I was contracted to work with Disney Conservation, uh, their conservation team. So I started that job last year um, and basically my focus was on our sea turtle in water research. So uh, specifically fisheries uh, research and introducing a, um, a new technology that could help reduce entanglements of sea turtles in lobster traps. So that is something that is very understudied, which is very surprising to me and my collaborator because, um, you know, lobsters are such a giant revenue. Of- yeah, it's a big industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. It's like probably second to the tourism uh, that Florida, Florida gets. Florida, they get a lot of money from uh, the lobsters that they catch here and the lobster trap, like commercial harvesting and everything. That's a really big thing. And um, but no one has looked at uh, sea turtles and their entanglements because they get entangled. I mean, like there's a lot of traps out there <laughs> and sea turtles are coming close to shore for what is that? Like eight, eight months out of the year. So right, yeah, they're getting nesting. entangled. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there are reports of that, but it's just, it's very underreported and um, we're just really trying to help one, like quantify and like visualize what the problem looks like. And then after we, um, kind of see what we're working with and, you know, provide the, what is the word, um, like the justification for actually, you know, doing this research, we're going to try and introduce um, a green light into the lobster trap industry. So um, they've had success with this in like, I think it was Baja, California, they do like put green lights on gill nets to reduce entanglement of uh, sharks, uh, like specifically angel sharks. And they saw like, a very large percentage decrease in animals getting entangled with those green lights. So we're going to try and um, do the same with uh, sea turtles and the lobster traps. So, but there's, because science, there's just a lot of steps to get to that. <laughs> that yeah. We learned right. over the past year. It was, yeah. It was kind yeah. Of you crazy. answer like one question, there's like 10 more and then 10 more problems to answer those new 10 questions. Yeah. It's uh but it's great that you guys are asking these questions and collecting the data to try to learn more and 
I think it's pretty cool to be working with sea turtles uh, at Disney or through Disney Conservation. I know they they have a very big conservation footprint um, as far as uh, a lot of the other zoos go. And so, yeah, it's uh, definitely I'm a little bit jealous that you get to work there and get to work with sea turtles. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah um, I, you know, I don't work. There's no sea turtles at where I work because I worked um, right behind Animal Kingdom. So that's sad but you know I guess yeah you have all those memories of getting up at six in the morning and and working directly with them so uh yeah yeah, you can you can almost smell the ocean from animal kingdom (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh but I'm actually um you know that's this is my last week as a CTO research associate working with them um but when I am done with this job I am going to be putting all of my energy into uh, my organization, Miss, that you talked about um, in the uh, very beginning. But but yeah, just wanted to throw that in there. Well, congratulations to you because your organization is amazing. And I can't wait to dive into all the details for our listeners to share what you're doing, how you're doing it, and and, and implementing such really important um topics and being a role model for so many uh, minorities out there and even non-minorities. Like I just reading the newsletter and then of course following you guys on social media and then um, and uh, going through your website. I'm just so inspiring. So uh, we're going to, we're going to get to miss here in a second, but I, I have to ask about sharks because I also know that you're a member of the Elasma Branch Society. And I wondered if you had a favorite shark research interaction story, like, like you do with the sea turtles, like how you said when you were rehabilitating them is, was just, it really stuck with you. Do you have a moment like that with sharks that really solidified your love for the Elasma branch uh, species and the Elasma branch the, family? The I family, it's a family. Yeah, yes. it's a family group or family, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, let's see my favorite memory with the shark was while I was in Belize, I did my master's thesis uh, research in Belize and um, did all my data collection in Belize. And there was one time where we were out in my field area, like we had to be in the water snorkeling with um, these nurse sharks that were around us. And I just remember hearing the boat captain. He's like, oh my gosh, like there's a hammerhead. And we're like, what? And he like points where it is. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to swim towards where you're pointing because I want to see a hammerhead shark. And um, as I was swimming towards the group, I was actually by myself. But as I was swimming towards the group, um, I just remember putting my head underwater and looking and like this big hammerhead just like cruises right in front of me and I was like oh like my heart stopped and I was just like like this is crazy and it was almost like you know like you could just tell she was just checking us out like she was doing a lot of like just like circling just being like yo what's here what's here what what like with their derpy little faces eyes yeah their eyes yeah yeah and um she was just you know just literally just checking us out and like getting a little close to so we could see we really got a good view of her and it was she was so beautiful and um probably about like an eight to nine foot shark like she was pretty big shark big girl mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and um it was a great hammerhead and um yeah it was it's one of my favorites because one I was in a tourism area so there were 150 tourists <laughs> in the water who had no idea that this 
giant shark was swimming around. Um, and, you know, that's just another, you know, just another example of how sharks do not care about you. Like they're just coming around. Um, so, and then another thing was that we were in like five feet of water, five, six feet of water. I was in this seagrass slash like coral patch area, um, right off the, uh, barrier reef that's there in Belize. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, what? Like we were just, it was not, we did not expect to see her. And there's the, unfortunately the people who live there, they're very scared of sharks. So they've killed off a lot of species except for the nurse sharks that bring them the tourism money. (laughs) Um, and yeah, so it was just like, wow, this shark is here. And we, we absolutely had no idea. So it was just a very happy surprise. And one of, this is always what I say is my favorite shark moment. Oh, Carly, I love that story. I, I haven't had anything that awesome happen to me, but in Hawaii, I did have a, a sea turtle swim by me, and I had the oh. same, like, this is so cool. They're so majestic. Uh, they are. They, and just to be that close to them, and of course, I'm leaving them alone, but I'm just, like, watching, and just, yeah. like, the whole world is shut off, and I'm just, mm-hmm. just so in awe. Um, so thank you for sharing that story, and obviously, you love sharks a lot. And I love sharks. I have not seen one or swam with one in the wild. Uh, but it's definitely, you know, a goal of mine to get out snorkeling somewhere with like nurse sharks or you know, those types of a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, smaller <laughs> sharks, little shark. if you will. Yeah, the little I sharks. like little sharks, little <laughs> sharks. Uh, baby sharks, like the song, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Uh, but Carly, what's your advice for people that either don't like sharks or um, don't really care about them? Why should people, the average person, care about sharks? That is a great question because a lot of people think that since they don't interact with sharks, they don't live in an area that you know has sharks or they're far away from the ocean, then there's absolutely, sharks have nothing to do with them. But on the contrary, sharks are so important for the ocean's ecosystem. Like they are, um, they are keystone species in certain, in some of their habitats. Some of them are the top predator in a lot of their habitats. And being a top predator comes with a lot of responsibilities. And um, those responsibilities include like keeping your prey population in check. So um, also making sure, well, not me, I'm over here acting like they're really governing their, <laughs> they might be, we don't know. know. I know maybe they are, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so just their role in the ocean's ecosystem is like a cleanup system. So they're clean, they're making sure their prey populations are in check. Um, they're eating like sick and injured, um, of sick and injured population or sick and injured animals of their prey. And, um, you know, that, that really keeps the ocean cycle clean and um you know it's it's a whole like i said it's a whole cycle and if you take sharks out of that cycle then it's going to all be unbalanced and um because sharks keep that ocean cycle balanced and we just as humans rely on the ocean for all of our resources (laughs) pretty much most of them especially food um that is how sharks and us kind of interact in you know, not physically interacting, but that is how sharks have an impact on us and, you know, how we live. And that's why people should care about sharks because without sharks, then you probably, honestly, our oceans would be looking real rough. Like those pretty coral reefs that you always like seeing on those documentaries, they probably would not be looking very pretty because the sharks are the ones um, at the top of the food chain, keeping, you know, that cycle going and um, 
keeping everything in check. So, um, so yeah, so that is why sharks are very important. That's why people should care about sharks. And unfortunately, some of our species are declining. Um, and most recently, uh, sh- reef shark species, so sharks that live in coral reefs or um, different reef habitats, they are declining at um, kind of a really alarming rate. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's just, that's why shark conservation and shark research and what we do is really important. Well, and you touched on a little bit of my next question with about shark populations. So we have reef shark populations declining. Uh, there's a ton of species of shark in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a little, um, just background or a synopsis of how shark populations in general are doing? Are their numbers trending up or trending down? Or are there certain species or, or regions where we should really be concerned? Yes, that is a great question because there are so many species of sharks. There are over 500 and new shark species are being discovered like every other month. <laughs> like That's just awesome. brand new yeah. species. And um you know, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the species that are highlighted in the media aren't the ones doing the worst. Um, But I think around like, probably almost 30% of all shark species are in some category of like endangered or threatened. So that means that their populations, they're seeing a decline, or a slight decline in their populations. And there's probably about like, 30 species that are critically endangered and or like you know just at the brink <laughs> they are really mm. not doing too great um so so yeah so like it's um there are like like i said a lot of species that are highlighted on the media are aren't the ones that are doing you know horrible population wise but some of these species that are like critically endangered i was just like what i have never heard of this shark before sure uh, yeah but um some species i can think off the top of my head are angel sharks i believe every single species in the angel shark family is critically endangered um uh, thresher sharks are endangered uh, great hammerheads um are also endangered the- the one that you saw, right? Yep, the one that I mm-hmm. saw. Yep. Um, and there's another species that's really not doing too great, but but yeah, so it's just some examples of um some other species that, you know, some people might not have heard of, but um but yeah, overall shark populations are unfortunately on the, the decline trend. Well, and with thirty percent of shark species either endangered or critically endangered. That's why it's so important that we have shark scientists like yourself and your co-founders and all your colleagues really looking into the dynamics of what's going on in the ocean, what's going on with them, with their reproduction, what's going on with their diets. I'm just so happy to have you here today talking all about sharks and sea turtle science and um, hopefully getting everyone excited about why we need to, why we need to save these guys and gals. They're just really important for our ocean health and therefore for our own health, right? Would you mind, Carly, giving our audience a little update on how how many species of sea turtles there are and how those populations are trending? Yes. So there are seven different species of sea turtles in the world. Um, we've got leatherback, loggerhead, green sea turtles, Kemp's Ridley, Olive Ridley and our flatback sea turtles in um, in Australia, and each species is found like 
pretty much all over the world. <laughs> yeah, and each species migrates like, oh, they're, yeah, they swim lots of miles. It's kind of crazy. But um, yeah, so here in Florida, we get the leatherbacks, loggerheads, and green sea turtles that nest in our beaches. And um, you know, a good way to look at sea turtle populations because they're so like they're a cryptic species because they spend their entire life in the open ocean like just an ocean and it's hard to study them but a proxy for looking at their population is their nesting so because they come here and nest that is a good way to see how the populations are doing um and i will say off the bat every single species of sea turtle is in some type of endangered or threatened category. Um, all their populations, unfortunately, have seen um, more of a declining trend over the years. Um, the one, and it also is very specific in each region. Um, so here in Florida, we're seeing a bounce back in our green sea turtle populations because they used to be harvested here for um, sea turtle soup down in the Keys. And um, they were finally starting to see um, a lot of their populations come back and nest on our beaches. Like we're getting record breaking years <laughs> with green sea turtle nesting. So that's, that's exciting. really exciting. Cool. Yeah. 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 But, and... but in other regions, maybe not so much if they're not putting exactly. in some of the protections in place. Exactly. It is very region specific. And they're, um, you know, they're like the loggerhead sea turtles. Florida's beaches are some of like probably the most important loggerhead nesting site in the entire world. Um, it used to be over in uh, this little country called Oman, um, I believe in, in like Middle Eastern country. They used to have the biggest population of loggerheads, but unfortunately their populations are declining and our beaches are now like the most important um, nesting sites in the world. And they, uh, so like I said, it just really is region specific because there are different laws in different countries. Um, in some places you can harvest sea turtles, uh, but here in the US you can't. Um, but it's really, yeah, so it really varies. And um, I think one of the most endangered out of all the species is the Olive Ridley or the Kemp's Ridley. One of the Ridleys. <laughs> um, they are critically endangered um, and their populations are going declining. But a lot of the threats for sea turtles, um, their, their biggest threats are like entanglement in debris, uh, plastic ingestion, um, a lot of like development on the beaches. So, you know, our beaches here in Florida, some of them are kind of just disappearing because we've got big condos <laughs> and it doesn't allow that sand to, you know, So cycle. many condos. Yeah, yeah. it's mm -hmm. pretty ridiculous. So, so yeah, there's just a lot of stressors on <laughs> sea turtle populations, um, especially here in the U.S. with all the development. But, um, but yeah, each species is, has a pretty in each region has this very different, um, different population statuses. And Carly, with your work and research and what you've seen being in the science and conservation industry of sharks and turtles, what do you think can be done to help protect sharks and sea turtles in their natural habitat? Like what, what has been working, if anything? So one of my favorite things to say is, the easiest thing for you to feel like, you know, or for you to actually help 
the planet or help the ocean. It is like recycling. Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Try to reduce your plastic use. Um, you know, that Hold does Hold on go one second. I, I've got to okay. take a sip with my drink with okay. my, my reusable metal <laughs> straw. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I love it. Yes, love it. yes. Um, that is definitely, especially that can help, you know, you in your immediate region. Um, and, uh, some other things are, you know, just being aware. I think that especially for sharks, they have such a bad face in media sometimes and well, most of the time, all the time. (laughs) And, um, you know, a lot of people just don't know about them and know how important they are. So just, being a, being a shark advocate is really goes a long way um, because, uh, you know, a lot of the laws don't really benefit our sharks. Some of our laws do. So and that's because people just don't know that they need to be protected. <laughs> um, and some other things are just supporting the scientists that are doing the work. You know, shark marine conservation is expensive. <laughs> it's expensive yes. and it is. And there's just not I was going to say and there's just not a lot of grant money or federal money given to it, unfortunately, sadly it enough to say. It makes no sense. It makes because zero the ocean sense. is the biggest thing on this planet. <laughs> Our planet is 70% ocean and we get like most, if not all of our resources from some aspect of the ocean. And it just... I could go on, but it just doesn't make sense. But anyway, yes. So supporting. Yeah, that's a different pod for a I different know, day. A and different. we and we should have a roundtable about that because people need to be made more aware of, I mean, it's always so impressive to me of what wildlife biologists, marine scientists, of how they have to like scrap together this little funding from this piece of group or here's some private, you know, Betty White or somebody that like loves wildlife. I mean, it's it just shouldn't be that hard. But once again, that's a different pod for a different day. So, uh, but yes, yeah, so definitely support your scientists, marine scientists. That that is very very helpful, and of course, reducing and reusing plastics and uh, just yeah, keeping them out of waterways. Absolutely. I, I always like to say when I'm either in a store and somebody offers me a plastic bag or a, um, a single-use disposable plastic, I always say, no, thank you. Save a sea turtle. So that's my little jam. And about one out of 10 people are like, oh, that's cool. And a lot, most of them don't get it or don't care. But I'm, what, I'm like, whatever, one out of 10 understands exactly. it. And I actually was at Starbucks the other day and one of the clerks there was like, oh, like why? What's ha- like, like what's happening with sea turtles? And so there I just could, in this your, clerk your had never, to I know, and this clerk people, had, yeah. had never heard of uh, like the, you know, the garbage patches in the ocean or that that was even a problem. I, I don't know. At any rate, uh, it's always, yeah, you can always make a little difference, uh, not only in your own life, but in other people's life by kind of sharing and showing that it's cool to care, right? Mm -hmm. It's cool to care about sea turtles. I think it's super cool to care about sharks as well, um, very much so. But you know, maybe the sea turtle is like your gateway and segue. Yeah, I would say sea turtles are definitely more charismatic, I would say, than sharks. (laughs) But you know, I... I beg to differ, but that's just my. I agree. Opinion. No, I agree definitely, but it's probably <laughs> the public. People are like, "Oh my gosh, they turn Yeah, so yeah, similar. yeah, exactly. Look, hello everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast, and my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. 
Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. That is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. Carly, I promised we'd finally get here talking about myths. So we're going to switch gears and focus more on your organization. And so I was hoping you could tell the listeners a little background on MIS, how it was founded, and what the mission of Minorities in Shark Science is. Yes, uh, I love how you threw the, what's the mission? Ah, yeah, I like it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so MIS is our little, well, not little, but definitely a passion project. Um, So Minorities in Shark Sciences, we were founded in uh, June of 2020, uh, near the end of my graduate career, actually. And um, we... It was founded out of a lot of civil unrest that was happening here in the U.S. with um, George Floyd. And uh, at that time, I believe it was Chris Cooper. Uh, He was a black man who was birding and trying to tell this lady that she needs to put her dog on the leash. And then she called cops on him because why is he telling me to do things? And also, why is he here birding? Like, what? What Crazy. So basically started a movement on Twitter um, by a lot of black naturalists. So it was a hashtag that started called hashtag black in nature. So basically just black people who worked in nature or who liked being out in nature, posting pictures of themselves out there, breaking the stereotype that black people don't like to be outside or black people don't like the water. Um, so I participated in the hashtag, posted myself doing shark stuff and sea turtle stuff and all that. And it was crazy because I got a lot of like traction and like a lot of views and like thousands of likes where I had like 200 followers at that time. I was like, I barely was on Twitter. and was like, oh, yeah, let me just join in on this. And yeah, so thousands of likes and whatever later um Jasmine, uh, the Miss CEO, she had commented on my tweet and was like, oh my gosh, like, yay for black girls in shark science, like what? And I was like, what? Like, you're a black girl in shark science? And then I think Jada and Amani eventually came on and we were just like, what? Like, we just found unicorns. Like, <laughs> um, I love so, that. Yeah, so we got on a little group chat and um we're like you know what we should all get on a zoom and just like chat so we got on a zoom and uh met each other and we all just like kind of connected through um similar feelings of like isolation in our careers growing up and you know just expressing how excited we were to meet each other and we kind of felt like we're like we have to do something like we we just kind of felt like we had to do something so we decided to create this uh two weeks after meeting each other <laughs> we launched this had like to figure out a name we were like all right we gotta da-da-da, all this and um yeah so the whole reason we started this was to make sure no other uh black women or other gender minorities of color would 
feel isolated that like we did uh, throughout our careers. And also we, you know, our goal was to increase the diversity in shark science so that we won't, no one would have to go through something like this again. So there's more people of color in this field. Um, and it's not like weird or a unicorn <laughs> to find another black woman in shark science. So um, that was the whole idea behind Miss, And um, we're actually celebrating our two year birthday this year um, on June 19th, Juneteenth. Yes, we Love planned it. that. We were like, mm-hmm. yes, we've got a launch on Juneteenth. Um, making our ancestors proud. That's right, um, yeah. And um, yeah, and the first program that we launched this with, like advertising this program was our shark research uh, workshops. And basically a weekend long field research crash course in like just shark field research and being on a boat. And it was, it was completely cost free for um participants so people had to apply and then you know we accepted people but um yeah so we paid for their travel time on the boat um food literally everything was paid for because that is a big barrier in shark science and marine science in general uh hindering a lot of people from coming into this field because they can't afford it um and that you know that leads to it looking like only a monetary group because only one type of person can really afford this and um that's kind of what led marine science and shark science to be very white male dominated and just like white dominated in general um but but yeah so miss we've got lots of programs i don't know if you want me to <laughs> go through all of them but um yes please yes? okay cool i could go on just tell me when to stop if you need me to <laughs> Um, so like I said, we had our workshops, um, to break that financial barrier. We, um, and we did our workshops on the field school research boat because field school is like, they, we love field school. They're mentors of mine, uh, field school, Miami. It okay. Is yeah. A, um, I was reading yeah. about them. They might be a good one to get on the podcast sometime. Oh yeah. Catherine and Julia or any of them over there, Jake, like they're awesome. Um, but yeah, field school, Miami, I had done a course with them three-ish almost four four years ago at this point I'm not getting old uh four years ago and like met them and was just like I want to be you when you when I grow up and um they were the first ones to like they saw our little interactions on Twitter um after Jasmine found me and we were like oh like we should start a club and Catherine the director of field school she commented and was like well if you need a boat you can stay on Garvin like we got you like the Garvin is their uh, research boat so they automatically they were like we want to help you we love what you guys are thinking of and like we want to be a part of this and they you know gave us their boat and their crew to do the shark research workshops on um so that was really cool. But that is where our shark research workshops are held in Miami, Florida. We also have our fellowship programs. We call them Miss Fellowships. So we partner with other organizations with ex- with existing internship programs and create like a um, like a Miss position, essentially. So um, we go, we partner to provide travel. Um, any associated fees, any food, and also provide a stipend for um, any Miss Fellows that are accepted to this program. So basically, um, we offer this to our Miss members, and our Miss members are women of color, gender minorities of color, 
that are somewhat interested in shark science or already in shark science. And um, they are the ones that apply to these fellowships and um, can get accepted. So some examples of organizations are Bimini Shark Lab, that they're very big um, shark lab name, uh, Oceans Research Institute in South Africa, um, Atlantic White Shark Conservancy, um, and a couple others uh, that we've partnered with so far to provide these fellowships. And, you know, they're just, they're extended research and like unique re shark research experiences that people would have to pay lots of money for. <laughs> but um, we're, you know, making the path a lot more equitable for people who might not be able to afford it. And, um, you know, gender minority groups that uh, you wouldn't normally see in positions like that. So um, those are really exciting. I really love those programs because, you know, these people are able to get such unique research experiences. <laughs> um, what else? We've got our summer camp. Oh my, I'm so excited for our summer camp. That is Ooh, coming up. I need to know more about that. The yes. ages, how old do my it boys is. need to be? <laughs> 12, 12 is okay. the minimum. So it's 12 to 17. Uh, we're, we're doing our first one next week. I'm driving over to Sarasota on Sunday. It's a five day um, summer camp for 12, 12 to 17 year olds. It is going to be really fun. I might be more excited than these kids, honestly. But <laughs> I love your honesty. No, I get it. I, I, when, I, when I was prepping for this podcast, I'm like, I am just so excited to talk to Carly. And it's, I'm like, Angie, this is not about you. This is like sharing their awesome mission with like with the world. And, and it is. And that's why I'm here. But personally, I'm like, I am so excited for this interview. So I, I feel you. I get it. And uh, yeah, so this program allows a miss member and to be a, a miss member to mentor another miss member that's at like a lower career stage, and they both can collaborate and uh, create a elasmobrank like research elasmobrank fo focused research project. Um, they get money for the project and uh, they get a stipend for doing the project. It's a year long uh, program. And um, yeah, so it's other women of color, uh, shark scientists and um, creating a research project and, you know, just really giving that mentee a step up because they now have someone who um, they can relate to and that they can seek out for advice and help them, you know, with research and their project. So that's a really cool program. That one's actually... Uh, was funded by the Rewild. Um, I love uh, Rewild. Yes, Rewild. I've, inter yeah. mm -hmm. I've interviewed um, one of their team members uh, a while back. I need to get them on again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's so awesome. And well, in my newsletter too, I was uh, reading about um, Shark Scientists for a Day program. Yes. So that is a fundraising program of ours. So basically you can pay to be on a boat with all of us and um yes ma'am sign me up for that yes i love that a, mm -hmm. we did uh two trips two or three trips last year um and one this year and it was so fun like the people who come on board like they had so much fun they were hands-on with the sharks doing the tagging and all that because that is what you're there for is to be a shark scientist for a day <laughs> And um, yeah, so it's really cool. We've got tickets up for the, uh, tickets on sale for that right now um, with two confirmed dates uh, 
one this fall and I think one next spring. So yes, yeah, so we're we'll, really excited about eh. those. Well, yeah. And Carly, we'll put up all your information on our show notes. And um, of course, at the end of the podcast, give give our listeners the website and the Instagram and Twitter handles and all of that. So uh, because if you're if you haven't already and you're listening to this podcast, you've, you've got to go check out Miss Minorities and Shark Science on uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So yes, uh, very exciting stuff on there and many things coming up. And it seems like you're just growing and growing, which for a passion project, that is awesome, right? Right. Yeah. Passion project turned into like full-time job now. <laughs> yeah. <Pretty> <laughs> oh, that makes me so excited for you. Um, and, and of course we have to give a big shout out to your co-founders, Amani, Jada and Jasmine. So thank you. Uh, you four are rock stars and I just love your mission and what you're doing. And we've been talking a lot about the workshops and how you're helping, uplift uh, minorities in shark science and getting them excited and, and helping them fund um, the ability to come and participate in um, in some of these research projects. Because as you mentioned, depending on where you grew up and what your economic background is, uh, you may not be able to afford uh, to study marine biology and the schooling that it takes to get to your level of scientist and expert. And so it's just really incredible what you're doing. And I love highlighting it. But I also want to talk about um, some of the hardships that you've experienced as your career um, as a black female shark slash turtle scientist. Um, Could you touch on that a little bit, Carly, for our listeners? Yeah, for sure. It's just so important to talk about it because, um, you know, we always get people like, oh, there's no issues. Like, why do you have to focus on black people? And we're all, and it's like, to you, you might not see anything, but we each have our own experiences that literally kind of taint some of these fields. So sure. Yeah. yeah. And they could be really like really define um, exactly. high school students or even early college students uh, as to what field of science or even if they want to go into science. Exactly. Yeah. And um, just some of the things that come off the top of my head is definitely when I started doing like educational presentations for uh, some of the sea turtle work that I did and um, we did like public presentations and I did some private ones at like hotels or whatever. And some of the people would come up to me afterwards and they would say, wow, like you're so articulate. And I'd be like, what does that mean? Like, thank you. Like, am I supposed to, is that supposed to be a compliment that I can speak? Like, did you, it's almost like, you know, they weren't even expecting, um, intelligent or competent words to come out of my mouth during the presentations a donation delivery um for the sea turtles like it's lettuce that this store delivers to us for our rehabilitated um green sea turtles because they like lettuce (laughs) and um I was picking up the box like I usually do every single week and was taking it to my city vehicle with my city shirt on and the security guard had followed me to the car and I didn't notice he was even behind me until I closed the trunk and kind of looked and like jumped. Oh my goodness. And he just is coming at me like, did you pay for that? Did you pay for that? Like, 
da, 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 da. And I was like, sir, these are donations. And he was like, oh, well, I don't know about that. Like, oh, like, I didn't see you at the register, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, I've been doing this every week. I think this was actually doing almost, I think almost the start of the pandemic in 2020. So it was just like, I was just like, all right. He was like, well, I'm going to check. I was like, you can go check. I'm going back to work. So, <laughs> and, um, you know, it was, it really like got me that day. Cause I was just like, really? Like I, you had to follow me to my car without saying anything. Like you could have stopped me at the door if you really had any issue. But anyway, yeah, so that was pretty bad and thankfully I have like amazing um I had amazing uh supervisors that immediately jumped on they emailed and was like this wouldn't happen if my employee wasn't black like da-da. like they went in <laughs> and I was like them, yeah. yes. yes I was like yes because it's good to have advocates Support. in your corner yeah mm-hmm. allies in your corner like that so um I really appreciated that but it's just it's just so unnecessary that they had to do that because you know, it just sucks. But um, yeah, and with sharks, that's just with sea turtles. Let's get the sharks now. <laughs> um, with the shark stuff, um, most of the issues I've run into are in social media. So like just stuff, you know, me posting pictures of sharks and people accusing me of being a tourist on the shark or something. And I'm just like, what? Where in this says tourists? Like, yes, I'm smiling because I'm happy. And like, yes, this is a shark. I like my job. Yeah, exactly. I like my job. But also like context clues. Like I am, I think it was a picture of me with a shark um, in an advertisement for a literal like talk that I was doing on sharks and shark science and stuff like that. And people were just like, oh, like, why is she on the shark? Like, blah, blah, blah. I was just like, people just be mad for no reason. And it's always, you know, I, sometimes I try not to think like, oh, it's because I'm black. Like, oh, it's immediately because that, but then when you kind of compare it to my white colleagues and the stuff that they've done, they don't get the same type of comments. So kind of have to unfortunately assume that. So, um, it's definitely hard and, um, but you know, it's one reason why a big reason why Miss was founded because, we one need to break that stereotype that people have for some reason in their brain. (laughs) And um, another thing is just increasing that representation so that it's not like surprising or alarming, quote unquote alarming (laughs) to see a black woman doing these things. And it's unfortunate that we have to do that, but it's the way of the world. And it's one reason why um, we're working so hard to, you know, do all of our stuff with Miss, but well, Carly, I really appreciate you sharing those stories um, and opening up so people like myself and our listeners can have more of an open mind and more of an understanding of what it's like to be a minority in, in shark science or in sciences in general, and for helping break those stereotypes and and, and shatter that glass ceiling and and be such an awesome role model for for the youth and for people out there via social media and just all the awesome programs that you're doing. I know that I have um, a handful of Black colleagues uh, in the zoo and animal science industry. And one of the conversations we've had um, over the past year or so is that they love their job. They love what they do. Um, but they're also really tired uh, in some way, shapes, and form. 
as far as sometimes being the only black person or black female in the room um, or in that either that department or that area of research, the little niche that they're in. And that, of course, they're always asked to be on the diversity committees. And they love giving their input because that's how we educate people, even though we shouldn't have to. And you shouldn't have to, as we mentioned, but unfortunately, it is the way of the world. And and so I just wondered if you could shed a little light on how you feel and what it's like to bear that weight. And is, is it exhausting that everybody wants your opinion or expects you to be the, the, the know, the know all and be all for diversity? Yes, it is exhausting. <laughs> um, definitely can. It's, I like to call it the black burnout. <laughs> um, just, you know, getting at first it's really cool. And it's like, yes, like I want to be the face and like, I want to put myself out there so that more people know that they're there's a black woman doing all these things, but it definitely gets exhausting pretty quickly because, um, like I said, people asking you to, um, you know, speak at certain things or, you know, as soon as the word diversity comes up, everyone looks at you and you're like, I don't have anything to say (laughs) because I'm tired and I'm tired. I wrote my thesis all last night. I did my research this past weekend. I was on a boat. I was up at six in the morning counting sea turtle eggs. Like, 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 yeah, your white colleagues don't have to do all this, you know, it's exactly, it's crazy. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's just like, go, let someone else tell you and then come back. <laughs> and then like, I can work with that. Cause sometimes right. I just don't want to, you know, it's just a lot telling someone how to not be racist to you. You know, like it's just the, it's just exhausting to explain that. And, you know, there are some people who are actually trained and, you know, get paid lots of money to teach you that. So that's sometimes always what I get. At. I'm just like, there are people out there who, are specifically trained and there's also lots of resources out there for you um, to look into. So um, yeah. And it's, yeah, just like being the face sometimes, like I said, you just get burnt out real quick and sometimes just like, you know what, just forget all this. Let me sleep and just let me just take a couple weeks off. <laughs> Cause let I'm me tired. feed some, let me feed some lettuce to these sea turtles. Exactly. And just, just, just be alone with, with these sea turtles, turtles or on, yes. yeah, or on a boat with sharks and posting yeah. whatever I want to post on Instagram and not getting any haters exactly. out there. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I, I know that, but that, that's a new term for me, uh, black burnout. So I appreciate you educating me, but I think that's a, it's, I don't it's know a, if it, I made it, that up or if that's a real term, but I like to call it. Well, it yeah, I, I appreciate it. Cause yeah, it, it, like I know my colleagues will definitely, they'll definitely start using that one if they, if they're not already, <laughs> because it is, um, it can be exhausting. Uh, but it's also, I know you have this drive and this mission to not only be a mentor for minorities, but also help educate uh, your colleagues and other scientists. And so, Carly, that leads into a little bit of my next question as far as what advice do you have for your white colleagues or the white males in the industry that they, they do dominate the shark science space? So what's a couple helpful hints that you could give give them um, if they're listening or just people in general uh, that are listening uh, is how to help support you and other minorities in the sciences. 
That is a great question. And one of my, um, the first thing I can think of is just listening. (laughs) So sometimes people just like to be like, well, I think this and this, that and the other. And it's just like, just listen to our experiences, listen to what we have to say. Um, If like, if you have a mentee that comes to you with a problem that they think was, you know, racially biased or um, anything, you, your first instinct can't be like, oh, that wasn't true. Or like, oh, like that wasn't it. You really, it's just really important to listen and um, really try to understand. Um, But that kind of goes into my next thing, which is like, don't be too much (laughs) about it. (laughs) Don't be like a, what is it? Oh, there's a word for it. But just like a like a, a loud ally, I guess. Like you're always being like, oh, like, yes, like I totally support you and what can I do? Like da da da. And it's just like, thank you. I know you okay. Like some of that. Because <laughs> sometimes right. you know, I get it. You're not racist. You exactly, want to help. Like I get it. <laughs> but you don't have to continue. It's almost like a like Yeah, like an Yeah, like an exuberant cheerleader or something yeah I don't yeah. know but like something like over the top hard. There, that, mm-hmm. I think that's what I was trying to get at like just trying too hard and we can pick up on that because it, it it'll seem really fake to us even if you're being genuine um but just you know it there's I feel like there's a time and a place and it's always important when say like you are a professor and you have a um minority like gender minority of color that comes into your lab or is you know a new student of yours it's I do suggest just you know saying first thing you say to them is that I support you and if you have any issues you can come to me like just laying it out like being like I support you you can come to this open door you can come to me and that's that and you know that's simple and that's short and I think that really gets the point across and you know every now just checking in being like how you doing like is everything okay like you doing good any issues cool and um just leaving it open and not um you know being too pushy or you know trying too hard being like um oh like is it okay if I did this or said this and da 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 and it's just like we'll let you know (laughs) um but um, as you can see, I've, I've had a lot of that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I like, like I said, just let the person know that you are there for them, that you support them, and that you are there to be an ear to um, you know, for to listen. And trying to think, there anything? If there's anything else? But those are probably the most important ones, and um, the ones that I can really say uh really makes a difference and you know other your uh gender minority of color like colleagues so well good I think that's great advice I mean it's it's important to know uh that you have allies and that there probably are going to be some hardships and there's going to be some racially based hardships and knowing that you have support as you move through them especially in a demanding career, uh, such as science or as you're in grad school or moving your way up the ladder, uh, and just in having that support can, I think, be the difference between sticking with it and not wanting to. Right. Right. Yeah. And another thing I just thought of is like, just being aware of like, I don't know, like, cause when, you know, especially during the whole civil unrest, like 
I know myself and a lot of my black friends, like we were just like mentally not okay. Like we, you know, cause that affects us. And, you know, cause like I said, like you all I think about doing things like that is like, wow, that could be my brother. Or like, wow, that could be my dad. Like literally it could be. <laughs> and um, it's just important to be aware of uh, events like that and just, and not to, you know, pry too much but just like I said let them know like I'm here to support you if you need to take a day off let me know like you don't even need to tell me why just let me know and um yeah so just making sure that they know (laughs) but without trying too hard sure well giving space yeah good balance of uh uh giving space to process and just once again like I am here for you whatever that looks like it's going to be different for each individual theoretically. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a huge, and that's, it's a, it's not going to undo, you know, the hundreds of years of, of racism and this, the the racism that this country is still battling on a daily basis. Uh, but it will definitely help support our minorities as you break the ceiling and hopefully, uh, have more of a presence in the sciences, which I love that saying on your website. That's just like with diversity, means more diverse thought and means means more innovation. And I get goosebumps just thinking about that and how much that's been missing, not only from shark science, but from animal science and zoology and the other areas of interest that I'm I'm really passionate about. So yes. And now Carly, I have to ask with everything that you've done, what are you most proud of? Because you've had a pretty busy five years or so, not only with shark and turtle science, but also co-founding Miss. So tell me, tell me what, what you're proud of. Hmm. Let's see. There's just like so many things I'm proud of myself for doing. And I don't say that to myself a lot. So I'm, I'm saying it now. That's why I'm here. For a lot That's of right. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but let's see. I'm definitely uh, how to pick one. Um, or two or three. Or two. Okay. I can do a couple. So I'm definitely very proud of myself for finishing grad school because that was rough. I mean, everyone, Amen. Yes, Amen, say, sister. Everyone yes. Everyone grad school, I'm sure we all feel the same way. We, we got through it. We survived. It's touch and go there for a while. <laughs> yeah. I would be walking past Starbucks and they'd be like now hiring. And I'm, and I mean, I'm like, I think I want that. Like I, that, I mean, and I, I, you know, and I still would want to work there because I, you know, I love going there and stuff, but I just, yeah, I so easily, there could have been a, a breeze that blew me the other direction because I was so stressed out and over yeah. it and, yeah. and, um, really. yeah, not lacking self-confidence and all the things. Yeah. Yep. And, and graduating in a pandemic isn't easy, but holy, <laughs> holy cow. It. Yeah. I didn't even, I got to I do didn't... my thesis over zoom. So actually that was kind of nice, but <laughs> wow. That, yeah. that is a big accomplishment, Carly. That is, I, I, I said to some of my colleagues, um, during the pandemic, I'm like, I'm so glad I already graduated. <laughs> like I feel bad for, you know, a few of our friends so that were good. like still in it during, uh, yeah. So thankfully I was only in the like, well, not only, but I was in the, all right, I have my data. So now what point of it when the <laughs> pandemic happened? So that was a blessing, like just not even having to worry about going to get my data. But, but yeah, still the whole, just the whole thing. It was just, it was crazy. And teaching, oh, that was 
teaching online was a nightmare during that time. <laughs> but, yes, I was part of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I was I, oh, I was I teaching adjuncting. Yeah. yeah it, oh, it was goodness. it was an amazing an amazing time. I'm glad those uh, those courses weren't uh, videotaped, or they probably were some oh. uh, somewhere. But yeah, it was it was a hot mess. So oh, <laughs> a learn. I, I now try to spin it as it was a learning, um, a, learning a phase process. of learning in my there career. <laughs> yep, there you go. And now you're probably a Zoom queen, right? Well, I work on it. Work towards it. Yeah, almost but there. I, almost there. But my goodness, I do teach some classes online. But I'm so happy to be back in person. Oh my goodness! And some of my courses. Yes, thank gosh. Oh, ay, ay, ay. Uh, but well, and I have to say that I'm proud of you for founding Miss. So I hope that's up there for. Oh yeah, that's, that's a, that is way up there. Like during a pandemic, also, and during grad during school. Grad school mm-hmm. it, I think literally like a month after we found it. Actually, no, like three weeks after we found it is when I had to defend my thesis. So I remember texting the girls and been like, "All right, cool, we've met our fundraising goal. Now you probably won't hear from me for like a week or two because I gotta finish this." <laughs> It was crazy, but <sighs> well, uh, gosh, you. I mean, if you can do all of that, you're. Yes, you're. You're. You're doing great. I mean, yeah. everything else. I don't want to say it's gonna be smooth sailing because we all know and right. and and doing a nonprofit and doing science and being I'm a minority in science and, and in nonprofits. It's mm-hmm. not gonna be smooth sailing, but graduating during a pandemic and starting a um, nonprofit <laughs> is. It's, it's a, it's a lot, bumpy so. start, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then I'll also shamelessly plug my new book that just came out. I'm very proud of myself for that. So I wrote a children's book on sharks. It's called A Day in the Life Sharks. And it is, ooh, I wonder if I can, well, yeah, the podcast people can't see it, but I'll show you and, but it is yes. so pretty. Um, you can get it on Amazon, but I'm very proud of myself for doing that because I never even saw myself as an author. I never even crossed my brain to ever do this, but um, the publishers actually were the ones who reached out to me. Funny enough, they listened to a podcast that I was on <laughs> and um, thought that I sounded really cool and like knowledgeable about sharks, and they wanted me to um, do this book as a part of their A Day in the Life series. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud of the book and it, yeah, I can't even like really say much more because I'm proud and it's, it's just really cool that I did that. Well, and Carly, I just got goosebumps. It's full circle. Because exactly. Yes. The book that you read, the shark book when you were five started the whole career. And so A Day in the Life Sharks by Carly Jackson, everyone check it out on Amazon. We will definitely plug it on our social media. I'm going to pick one up this weekend uh, because that book is going to land in the hands of some young child and that book is going to be their start into the marine sciences. And so that is my hope. That was my hope while writing it. I was just like, I hope little kid sees all these beautiful pictures of sharks and just is like, this is the coolest thing ever. And they want to be a shark scientist. So Oh, I love it. And we will put all the information on the show notes um, to our listeners. I promise it's it's awesome, yeah. just very exciting. And and speaking of uh, youngsters or people that are interested in sharks, um, minorities especially, do you have any advice uh, for minorities or children that want to work in the area of shark and or marine science? 
Yes. So my favorite thing to say is don't let anyone tell you what you can't do. So if you have a passion, stick to it, no matter how crazy or weird it might seem to other people. Um, Don't let that discourage you. But also you are fully capable of knowing what you can do. And if you think you can do it and, you know, if you believe in yourself that you can do it, then don't listen to these other haters that are around <laughs> trying to tell you what you can't do. Because I had some of that growing up. It was just like, oh, you can't do that because there's no woman inside. It's hard. Or, or you're a woman. Or you're black. Yeah. Or you don't have enough money. Or exactly. whatever it is. People don't make or you don't live by. An, oh, you can't make a yeah. Or you don't. <laughs> yeah. Or you don't live by an ocean or whatever. Right. Yep. Yep. So that uh-huh. is. Um, that's definitely my advice. And to just. Uh, you know, the world and the ocean is your oyster. Like, just don't stop being curious and asking questions. Ask all the questions and seek out the answers. I love that. Absolutely. Curiosity is so important. And, um, and it's what got you here to this day and it's starting co-founding a nonprofit. And so, yes, kudos to you, Carly. And, Now, for our listeners out there that want to help support the mission at MISS um, and or either get involved um, online or in person or financially, what can someone do if they want to help support MISS? So our social media stuff, uh, we are we have our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram. Um, trying to get LinkedIn up there. Uh, but if you uh, want to learn more about this or just see what, stay up to date on what's uh, going on, we are on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Miss underscore E L A S M O uh, on both of those platforms. And then, you know, on Facebook, you can just look up minorities and shark sciences. Um, and we currently have our. We call it our Missiversary, our second year um, birthday celebration. And uh, we're trying to raise $30,000 uh, to go towards our programming because a lot of our programming is funded through donations. Like we get grants and things like that and different sponsors, but the majority of our um, programs are funded through supporters and people willing to uh, donate towards our mission. And um, we also always welcome like donations of good donations of services because we're a nonprofit run by four women two of them are in their phd programs so we, holy macaroni yeah, oh. so. wow okay yeah. i didn't know that but hats off to those First girls and to you phd programs yep so we need all the help we can get um we are getting a lot of help but it is we always welcome more help and more expertise because like I said, we're just four girls who were like, ooh, let's do this. And we've been learning as we go. Um, but yeah, and you know, our website is missalasmo.org. I'm sure you'll link that um, as well in the description, but um, check out our website just to see all the programs that we have, um, all of our Miss members as well. So uh, we do have a whole membership program where if you are a gender minority of color interested in shark science, then you can, um, you know, sign in, sign up to be a member of Miss. It's free and you'll have access to all types of um, opportunities, webinars, like uh, opportunities to help within Miss itself. And um, yeah, and we have about, I think 
480 members um, to date around that. Um, maybe Congratulations. A that is Thank you. Yeah, that's incredible. insane to me. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of people. I love it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so those are some ways that, and if you're in, if you're a like professional in marine science or science in general and want to, um, be a part of MIST and support in some way, we also have a friends of MIST program. So, um, if you don't fit the demographics to be a MIST member, you can sign up to be a friend of MIST. That's just a yearly fee. And, um, you can have access to our members and also like just provide your expertise if willing to, um, and also just, you know, have opportunities to help uh, within MISS. Absolutely. You can also sign up for the MISS newsletter, which is where I get a lot of my updates and information of how I can be a shark scientist for a day or how I can participate online in certain events or in person. Um, so make sure and check out MISS, M-I-S-S, Elasmo, E-L-A-S-M-O dot org. Or you can just Google uh, minorities in shark science on Facebook or, of course, um, on the web. And the handle is Miss underscore Elasmo for Instagram and Twitter. And, of course, we have to plug Carly's new book, A Day in the Life, Sharks. Check that out. It'd be a great summer gift, summer reading for the kids. And we just need to support um, minorities that are in science, that are writing books, that are women, that are breaking the ground, that are shattering that glass ceiling, and that are mentors and have a lot, a lot to give and a wonderful story to tell inspirational story to tell and saving sharks, right? Saving, which means saving our oceans, which means saving ourselves. So Miss Carly Jackson, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time and your enthusiasm and your knowledge, your expertise has been incredible. Um, and I hope that we can have this conversation again, perhaps on a boat where I can come down and yes. <laughs> hang out, hang out for a day. Uh, and uh, yeah, I want to just keep this conversation going and follow you because you've already done amazing things with this nonprofit and you've changed more lives than you can probably even begin to imagine. And I see that growing more and more in the future. So Thank you for your time and just being here today and opening up and uh, sharing your incredible journey with us. No problem. Thank you so much for having me and for you know giving me the opportunities and space to uh, speak and you know lose my filter too. <laughs> I love it. No, that's what we're all about in this podcast and uh, and helping people get excited about sharks and get excited about yeah. uh, conservation and getting excited about sea turtles and women in science, black women in science, uh, black people in science in general, and just and and you know having those conversations about how how science can become more diverse, more equitable. That's a huge. That's that's probably another roundtable discussion mm -hmm. that we should have in the future of how how we make uh, the sciences just in general more equitable, and yeah. so we can we can get more talent, right? More 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 opinions, more ideas, uh, more stuff into being the sciences. discovered, all that. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll have to have this conversation again soon and we will definitely be staying in touch and we'll be following your journey on social media. And of course, promoting that at allcreaturespod.com and on our social media 
handles. So um, check it out. Uh, Carly Jackson at Miss Minorities and Shark Science uh, at Miss underscore Elasmo or just Google Minorities and Shark Science and your social media and your uh, email with newsletters will we'll thank you for it because it's summertime and we got to see a lot of positive stuff and exciting stuff about sharks and research on our new on our news feeds. So thank you, Carly. Please stay in touch. Will do. Thanks for having me again.